0: In today's episode, I am speaking with Dr. Latarsha Holden, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story in this episode. She is truly incredible and such an inspiration. She went from being homeless with six kids just 12 years ago to now being a doctor of leadership studies. She got all the degrees. And she is an inspirational speaker now, teaching people how to have the power to rewrite their story. And she is the master of rewriting her own story. She shares with us how she did it, and what she has learned along the way. And it is just one of the most inspirational conversations I have ever had. So I really hope you enjoy. to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hello, Latarsha, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so glad you're here. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself to the audience. Oh, wow, awesome. Okay,
1: well, I'm Dr. Latarsha Holden, born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. And within the last 12 years, my story just took a 360 degree turn. Um, I went from being homeless in the streets of Atlanta with six children. To run for City Council in the 2017 election, Incredible. from a GED to a doctorate degree in leadership studies, I'm now a 13th time published author, and I created my first Christian comic book two months ago. So I am excited
0: of my journey. You are a powerhouse, man! <laughs> I can't <laughs> even. I mean, just the idea of the power to rewrite your story. Can you take us a little bit back to? I mean, I, I, to be honest, the, the homeless with six children piece is what really <laughs> comes out for me in your sort of your history. Can you share a little bit about that and what happened, what that was like, how you got out of it, all of those bits?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, you know, for me, um, 12, 13 years ago, I was 35 years old and I was uneducated. I had my uh, abusive marriage had ended after 10 years. And I found myself just lost. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know whether I was coming or going. And we found ourselves homeless. So here I am homeless at 35, six children, only with a GED. I have no work, barely work history, um, no family support, no resources. And I tell you, I knew for African-American woman to be in a major city like Atlanta to be homeless, um, I knew I had to do something to try to save my family from yeah. homelessness and hope from the, from the chains that gripped us. And I had 12 eyes watching me. I had two kids in high school, two kids in middle school, two kids in elementary. Wow. And it, it was, we was homeless close to four years. I remember enrolling in college when we was living in a board up house in Squatters. Now, to be honest with you, I really did not know what liberation looked like. I mean, statistically wise on paper, we was doomed. I'm just gonna be, you know, just sure. to be able to come out of that we was, the statistics was definitely stacked up against me, but I made a vow. I made a vow when we were living in that board up house that the streets was not gonna raise my six children nor the jails was gonna house them. Amazing. So at first, I did not really know how to change my story around my life, you know, but I knew no one was coming to save us but me. I knew there was nobody coming to help, you know, and, and I just remember the thing I did before we got into the just the depthness of home before it became years, I threw my children the lifeline of service to others. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what that was going to do. I mean, here I am. The older four, the two in high school, two in middle school, they wanted the material stuff like normal kids. They want the clothes, the shoes, the hairdos. I'm thinking about suicide. I'm thinking about legacy at the same time. So I remember going to my six children 12 years ago, and I said, "Well, I don't have a lot to offer you guys materially. As all I have to offer you is to love you unconditionally, and to show you how to serve." And they was like, mom, what are you talking about? We don't have anything. How can we help somebody? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know, but I believe if I can teach you guys how to serve now at our lowest, I've given you a strong foundation to build on to become great leaders. We got the newspaper clips. We did about four or five events around Hurricane Katrina time, around that 2005, 2006 time. And I tell you, out of the blue, God has... What he's done with my six children from that one leadership principle, me teaching them service to others is, has blown my mind. My oldest son now, he's 31 years old. He came to me his senior in high school. And he said, mother, by what you showed me about service to others, I want to join the United States Marine Corps. Wow. He served 10 and a half years. He's medically retired. Now he's a second year college student pursuing a bachelor's in business. Another son, he became a caretaker, my daughter's well, mom, my way of going, uh, giving back is going into the human service field. She just graduated this May with her bachelor's in um, liberal studies and she joined the United States Army two years ago. Amazing. Uh, another daughter said, Well, mom, my way of giving back by what you showed me is going to the medical field. She's an EMT, she's a licensed pharmacy tech, and she's in her second year of college.
0: Incredible.
1: M- my 19 year old daughter became a two-time published author by the time she was 16. She's now a four-time published author, wow. a website creator. She's a spoken word advocate. And I, I tell you, I'm, I'm just, and then my youngest, his yeah. name is Omega. He's the last in the end. Okay. There's no more nothing him. So we had to brand him. Love it. But Omega is a senior in high school. I mean, he's a youth athlete, never giving me any problems. So for me, leadership, If I if God did nothing else for me, I believe I've done my job when it comes to leadership in that area.
0: That is absolutely incredible. The gift of teaching them how to serve is just, that just pays itself forward. That yes. everything about what you just said is so inspirational. Thank you. I, I'm i just sitting with that for a minute. <laughs> uh, but I, sorry, go on. No,
1: but, you know, the journey got so hard. But, as a pastor, I'm an ordained minister, I often post the question, what happens when your struggle outlasts your strength? Mm. We all know we can go through something for a couple of weeks, even a couple of months, like with COVID, you know, okay, we have just, but what happens if it become years? Right. So the journey got so hard on me. I mean, we were living in hotels, scraping them out for hotels, shelter, cars, abandoned house. The journey got so hard. I remember walking to a hospital here in Riverdale, Georgia, and I walked to the desk and I told the lady, I said, I don't, I don't think I could do this anymore. She said, ma'am, are you saying you wanna commit suicide? I said, yes ma'am, I just, I can't do it anymore. And I remember they killed me for a week for observation. And on that floor, they had a padded room. I wasn't raised in the church. So I did not know God personally, but this is where God and I be- began our relationship. They had a padded room on that floor. And I asked the lady at the desk, I said, ma'am, can I go into that room? She said, ma'am, you're no threat to anybody. You don't have to go in. I said, I know it, but I I just need to go into that room. She said, sure. I went into that room every day I was there for that week. I dropped down to my knees. And I just remember crying out to God, God, are you there? Please help me. I don't have anything. I'm lost and I'm scared. Now when they released me from the hospital, although my situation did not change immediately, I knew I was not alone. It was at that point I started to matriculate through college with my associates, my bachelor's, my MBA. But when I got accepted into the PhD program for leadership studies, now I did want to bungee jump up to heaven and high five, my man.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> how did you make college possible even in that beginning point?
1: It, it was, I, you know, what I dropped out in 10th grade and I had four kids by 22. So I went back to the basis. Yeah. And that was my starting point. You know, I knew I had to go back. That was the place where I left off at. You know, in my younger days, and it was hard to be a, I was a full time student. We was homeless two years before I went into college. Two years after, um, two years before I went into college. Two years my undergrad. It it, it was hard, but I just knew that I had to do something to change the trajectory of my family, the direction we was, I, I knew I had, I'm the only one that was going to save us. So that became my
0: fuel to keep going. Incredible. Now, what do you do now? What is your business now?
1: Well, I'm an inspirational speaker now. So my stories inspire people around the world. Oh, yeah. um, so after I came out of, um, After I matriculated through college, I made another vow during the time I was homeless. I said, God, if you get me out of homelessness and hopelessness, I'll go back and fight for others. And so, um, and that's how I ran for city council. I ran for city council in 2017. Um, Nelson Mandela said, how can he enjoy the limited freedom that he had when his sisters and brothers was not free? Yeah. So God did not deliver me from homelessness just for myself. You know, right. I didn't mean through college to walk around with degrees. So I felt I had a moral duty to go back and help others. So okay. that's how I ran for city council. And within a year and a half, I became a 13 time, 12, 12 time published author. I just released my 13th book. Right.
0: Yeah. So good. So good. That's incredible. So what does life look like now?
1: Oh my goodness, Well, you know, God, this year has been a rewarding, I believe God has rewarded me for my faithfulness, um, I am Georgia Mother of the Year for 2020 awesome. by American Mothers Inc., and God took it a step further, he said, okay, well, you're Georgia Mother of the Year, I got a call from the board, uh, American Mothers Inc. is an organization that's been around about 85 years, they start, I think, with Eisenhower, wife, and the women of that time, where they celebrate a woman. Per state, you know, they get nominations all around the world. They choose sure. one in the state, and then out of the fifty plus women, they choose one that will make United States history. Now I'm Georgia and National Mother of the Year. Amazing. So, yes, so I made United States history this year
0: as the eighty fifth woman to ever hold that title. Congratulations! Holy cow! Wow. Oh my so, gosh, so good. So. How do you encourage others now to have the power to rewrite their own story if they're facing struggle, if they're facing challenges? Where do they start? Well, two things. First, what I did was, and what
1: I would suggest someone do, chase purpose, not perfection.
0: I love it. A lot
1: of times we get so caught up, it gotta be perfect. T- I didn't have anything. When I read when I started out in college in a board up house as squatters with my children. I didn't wait till the time was perfect. When I wrote books, I didn't know anyone. I didn't have money to market. I just wrote my books and put them to the side. Each time I published, I didn't so don't chase, chase perfect purpose and not perfection. So I would definitely say that the town would never be right to do anything. Um, Second I want to encourage someone, God did not magically change my life. I had to be a willing participant in my own deliverance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, He didn't come down to say, okay, you're gonna go from homeless to dog, You just sit there and don't and cry. <laughs> I had to go and put the work in, no matter how hard it was. And, um, and this, and and as you see, God does reward faithfulness. And this year, He's definitely rewarded me, not just Georgia National Mother of the Year. Um, I was just recently named Triumphal woman of the year 2020 and rising, um, um, top influencer, rising star for 2020 only God can take a former homeless woman just 12 years ago. And, and what he's done is miraculous to me.
0: It is just incredible. Would you say that time in hospital was your turning point to make the change? It was after that, you know, I,
1: I I knew I had to surrender to something because I I I couldn't do it. I'm mean, I'm just gonna be honest. Had God not stepped in and kept my mind, the mental shift was probably the hardest thing I had to go through. To be 35 with a GD and little work history, homeless with six children,
0: yeah,
1: the mental shift was almost unbearable than being homeless because now God is switching my mindset yeah. for me to see how he sees me. And I've lived a defeated life for, I've dropped out in 10th grade. So most of my life, I've lived a defeated life. So yeah, in that hospital, when I dropped down, I knew something had changed. I knew he was with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It shows you what's possible, right? All of yes. a sudden something is possible. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, such an inspiration. What would be the first step you would recommend somebody might take? Would it be to find those acts of service?
1: Yeah, and I know everybody's story is different. What Mm -hmm. God did with me is, you know, it's kind of out the norm. I mean, he's definitely done a lot within 10, 12 years. That was a lot. Um, My my thing is be true to who you are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I even, right today, I struggle with imposter syndrome you know, because a lot of my accomplishments happened after the age of 40. Right. So, you know, and my story wasn't traditional where I graduated high school, I went to college and been working at a job for 30 years. All of my accomplishments is just now being pushed to the forefront. So be true to who you are. And that's why I decided. I said, you know what? I've been rejected all my life. I'm just going to dance to the beat of my soul. And I just started writing books. I didn't care who supported, who didn't show up. And that's the thing, just be true to who you are. And I guarantee you, if you keep going, God is going to meet you there. He's going to meet you at the finish line.
0: No kidding. So how would you say, I mean, 12 years is not a long time for such yeah. incredible transformation and complete life turnaround. Like it just, <laughs> you can't get much more drastic than that. <laughs> so how do you sort of remember to stay Stay true to yourself and sort of just sit with it and appreciate everything. How do you take those moments for yourself?
1: When I when I look back first when I look at my six children.
0: Yeah.
1: For 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 these for six leaders. Yeah that are operating in their own unique gifts. I mean, only God, that alone right there keeps me in a, uh, wow, not even what he's done for me personally, but just, just to know what he's done for my kids. From my, my 19-year-old, just got married two weeks ago, you know, so I, I'm just, I just reflect, a, I do a lot of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of self-reflection. 12 years ago, nobody knew me but the welfare office. Nobody knew my name. Nobody, and for God to just, it's it just the fact that knowing, had he not, because he didn't have to. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of people didn't make it, they're still homeless, there's a lot of, he didn't have to, but for him to change my life and keep my mind, I keep saying keep my mind because the mentorship is not easy. It, it, if it was easy, everybody's life would be changed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. but I just, I just, every day I reflect and I just came, when I'm sitting around awards, wars and I look at my degrees and I, and so I'm always in a moment of thankfulness and gratitude. And I'm always in a moment of praise God had it not been for you, where would I be?
0: So amazing. So amazing. Now, we got connected through Brendan Burchard's Influencer Summit event, right? He is such an inspiration. Who who are the people that you look to for inspiration and, you know, to sort of um, your own personal development, if you will?
1: Wow. You know what? It's, it's, it's funny because in the beginning when we was homeless, I chose three women that I never met to be my role models. You know, people, it's almost like I was a grown lady, but I went back to, sometimes we had to go back to the little kid in us mm. and who we're inspired to be. So I chose Felicia Rashad, yes. um, Michelle Obama, and Coretta Scott King. And so I just watched and researched them how they just, you know, that how they was grazed and poised. And intelligence and beauty so for me those three ladies I've never met that was like my silent mentors yeah you know I, you know coming from being homeless and, and I just chose three women that I'm like yeah I like a little bit of her her and her yeah so yeah and I consider myself the up-and-coming next Lisa Nichols there you go so, perfect, yeah. perfect. Yes. are those still your three that you look to or or are there well, one? Now I believe they, I've got a little piece of me of each one. So Lisa's nickels is that's now my, okay. Awesome. Okay.
0: That's where that's I'm heading to. That's next. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Now I have a couple questions that I ask all of my guests. So uh, just bear with me as I go okay. through them. I I am very excited to hear how you answer them. Uh, the first one is about balance. So some people believe balance exists, some people don't, some people define it in different ways. How do you define balance if you do for yourself and for your family?
1: Um, for me, balance is whatever's priority for that day. Mm. Um, I don't try to, I'm very organized. I remember my undergrad professor told the class that the world belongs to those who are disciplined. And so, for me, I've learned to live a very disciplined life. I believe that's another reason why I've accomplished so much no. in a short time period, uh, uh, time span. But whatever is important for that day, that's all we have. Even the Bible said we can't worry about tomorrow. Whatever is important for that day, and then I have a cutoff period for me. Okay, I, I have six kids and doing all that, I have my and, and my thing for balance. Mm, the golden nugget I will lead to this what are your best hours of the day working the, i believe those are the grace hours that god gives Of my hours of the day is between 6 a.m and 12 p.m around about three o'clock my body starts shutting down so what happens <laughs> is when you trying to cram if, if you're not a night person why are you trying to do oh, all? that's not where your energy at that's not where you're so for me anybody know me at the five o'clock uh no whatever don't get done by three o'clock i just push to the next day so i, I try to grace the grace period hours for me
0: that's very good advice I know I am not a night owl and my brain yeah. will start to shut down my husband exactly. will actually see my face start to exactly. change
1: <laughs> I think that's where people mess they try to force that's not your best you gotta work in those hours where you got the energy yeah you're hype. you're ready so six o'clock in the morning I remember back in the day I used to call my girlfriend I'm like girl you up she was like, "No, but thank you for being my alarm clock." She said, "Cause you wake up six o'clock in the morning. You be <laughs> so that I, I, I've learned to between six and twelve of my hours where I get the most done. Yeah, and so that's why I would say balance. Figure out those if it's just four hours a day where you got that work them hours.
0: Well, and you're gonna be way more productive in those four yes. hours than you would yes. be trying to push it through till eight hours and not exactly. be in your zone, right? Absolutely, that's I totally it. agree. Totally agree. All right. Do you make time for self-care and what does that look like? Oh, yes. I tell
1: you, I am the queen of relaxation. I, I tell you, I've learned, Um, I am, Um, I'm an avid reader. So reading for me is soothing for me. I have to read, I'm trying to get up to maybe an hour worth of reading a day, hour, hour and a half. So for me, reading um, light, light, relaxing music. I might light a candle, just keep a real, um, peaceful environment where I can, you know, wow. it, just have that positive energy. So that's where it was. Separate. And everybody's grown now. Everybody's 18 and over. Yeah. So I just turned 48. So I'm like, woohoo! I'm, I'm like, yes, finally. Nice. So I'm enjoying myself. I'm every this year, my youngest turned 18. I'm like, God, I cannot believe I raised his kids. Yes, so when I go out and get me something to eat, I don't have to buy four
0: or five people. I can go get me a little meal for me. And I'm just excited. <laughs> amazing, amazing. All right, so that leads really well into the final question. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Oh,
1: that one. <laughs> Learning to love your children individually. Mm-hmm. I think, it's, and, it, and it was hard for me to, it took more energy because when you're homeless or when you're going through stressful divorce and you're going through job loss, whatever the case somebody might be going through, you want to group all your kids in the same pot. But I had to learn to love them individually, love and, and care for them according to who their person is. So where I might can be a little bit more harder on one child, but I might even be a little bit more soft on this child. Yeah. And so that for me was taking the time, learning their personalities, and no matter what was going on in my life, I still catered. And I think that's one of the reasons they became successful. Mm-hmm. I took the time to really learn them and to love them according to who they are, not who I wanted yeah, them to be. People,
0: Absolutely. It'd be so much easier as a mom if they were all identical and you could treat yeah. <laughs> them you would lump them in. So that's yeah. a great lesson is to take that time and treat them as the humans they are, for sure. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Now, how can our listeners find out more about you, connect with you, hire you to speak for something? You know, where where can they find you?
1: Well, I'm on all social media platforms Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also go on my website, www.dr.dr.latarsha, L A T A R S H A Holden, H O L D E N, Dr. Latarsha Holden dot info, info you can book me on there and all of my books are available on my website even my comic book i'm excited about that 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 was a creative project i did when um, we first went on lockdown here to encourage people oh, so wow. and you and you can email me latarsha at yahoo.com or if you want to call and book a coaching session 404-838-9587
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, I will link to all of those in the show notes as well. So everybody can see you connect with you. Your story is incredible. It's so inspiring, but your humility and gratitude for what you've been given and been able to accomplish is just even more inspiring. So thank you so much for everything you do for what you bring to the world, for what you've done for your children and what they'll bring to the world. And thank you for being here. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.